Welcome, everybody, to Spark My Muse. I'm your host, Lisa DeLay, and this is Soul School 210, Reflections on the Prince of Peace. This is the first day of December in 2021, and I thought I'd bring a short reflection that relates a little bit to Advent. On Sunday was the first day of the new year. And that means the first day of the Christian New Year, which begins with the first Sunday of Advent. And this begins in darkness, in terms of how much sunlight we have in the Northern Hemisphere. And I think it's really interesting that the Christian New Year begins in anticipation and obscurity and darkness as we begin to look forward to four weeks of Advent in anticipation of born as the Prince of Peace. Before I go into reflecting on Jesus, I'd like to tell you about a couple of things that I'm excited about. One is that I'm very thankful to Chuck DeGroote. He is a writer, a therapist, and a professor at Western Seminary in Holland, Michigan. And at Western Seminary, they've decided to prioritize understanding the inner life, the fruit of the Spirit. For all the people that they're teaching there, they have developed several new core courses for everyone there that focus on the interior life. This is a fantastic way to make sure that people learn about their inner worlds, their inner wounds, before people are in their care and they can wound and hurt them out of ignorance. The core course Chuck is teaching in the spring is called The Christian Interior Life. I'm thrilled to say that one of the required texts for it is my book called The Wildland Within. I'm just delighted to be included in the required text, and this has been one of my greatest hopes for the book, that it could help to teach people more about their inner world and the fruit of the Spirit and God's work in us so that we we are prevented from hurting others as we attempt to help them. And related to that, I'd like to mention that if you decide to buy The Wild Land Within for someone for a gift this Christmas or any time in December— If you send me their name and address, I will send them a custom book plate made out to them from me that they can place in their book on the title page. If you go right now to Amazon.com, The Wildland Within is around $13, a few dollars off from normal. Of course, you can purchase the book at a local bookstore near you, which is my preference. If you decide to get the book for someone and they live within the 48 contiguous states, I will be happy to send them something from me. Today I'm going to be reading a little bit from Keith Giles' book called Jesus Unarmed, How the Prince of Peace Disarms Our Violence. One thing I love about Keith's book is it challenges our uninformed and default bias about violence. We live in an incredibly violent culture, violent times. In the United States of America, we are a very militant country, very pro-military and pro-strong defense. And because we are, we default towards violent solutions. Keith challenges some of those assumptions we have, especially in light of how God comes into the world and who the person of Jesus is. So as I was thinking about this during Advent in particular, realizing that God could come into the world in the flesh, in any sort of way. It didn't have to be through a natural birth from a woman as a tiny baby 
breastfeeding to be nourished and completely vulnerable and at the mercy of humans to take care of him. But Jesus comes as a very weak, very vulnerable, very nonviolent baby. That's an incredibly tender thing for me to absorb. On page 77, Keith writes, Over the last 1,700 years or so, Christians have largely turned not to Jesus, but to the Old Testament to justify going to war. They've listened not to Jesus, but to Ambrose and Augustine and Luther when it comes to using violence. I love how my friend Rob Grayson describes this process by asking us to stop and ask ourselves a few probing questions like, how many times down the centuries have Christians indulged in excessive peacemaking, nonviolence, and mercy, and then projected that peaceful image onto God as a justification for their peace-filled worldview? Conversely, how many times have Christians down the centuries indulged in excessive aggression, violence, and vengeance, and then projected that onto God as a justification for their violent ways. As human beings, we are not at much risk of spontaneously being too nice, kind, loving, compassionate, and nonviolent. Left unchecked, however, we are very likely to spontaneously be unpleasant, unkind, unloving, merciless, and violent. So when you see someone insisting that violence is part of God's nature, ask yourself how likely it is that they are projecting their own violent human tendencies onto God, just as some of the biblical writers did. And when you see someone trying to read the Bible discerningly, so as to discover the all-forgiving, enemy-loving, nonviolent God, Consider the possibility that they have actually dared to come to terms with their own violence and to see that God, by contrast, is absolutely nonviolent. And then back to Keith. The way of Jesus is not our way. The path of peace is not our default. We must learn to walk in this path. It will involve a rewiring of our brains and a transformation of our hearts. The first step is to admit that all of our previous ways of dealing with evil and responding to conflict have failed miserably. War is our worst idea. It is not a solution to the problem of evil. In many ways, it is the evil. This internal violence is what we must ask Jesus to cast out of us like the legion of demons that possessed the wild man who lived among the tombs of the dead before we can even begin to walk the path of peace. When we think about peace being the second Advent candle, we're thinking about pulling these things into ourselves. The first candle is hope. The second candle is peace. And we're reminded that the Prince of Peace came to us, not the Prince of War, not the Prince of Conflict, not the Prince of Destruction. The Prince of Peace came as a baby. And after that candle comes the candle of joy. We pull that theme into our hearts and into our lives, and we let it fill us. After joy comes the candle of love. And in the center candle at the very end, on Christmas, comes the Christ candle. We make our heart a manger to receive God 
in a new way every year. Because life happens. Our hearts get polluted with the troubles and the sufferings and the ways of this world. Every year, we need to look into that trough of our heart, the place where we go for nourishment, as it were, the place that is the wellspring of our lives. And we go to that place and we refill it. We refill it with hope and peace and joy and love and the Christ child once again, the Prince of Peace. So as you make your heart or your home ready for Christmas or ready for the new year to begin in January, I hope that you can question some of the ways that have become bad habits or default settings in your life, the cynicism or the bitterness or the struggles that have sort of poisoned our minds throughout the year, that you, through the help of the Holy Spirit, clean out the manger of your heart to be ready for the Christ child coming soon. Thank you for listening today. There are three guests coming up that I'm very excited about, so make sure you tune in in December and January to hear them. I have Dante Stewart, Shouting in the Fire, Beth Allison Barr, The Making of Biblical Womanhood, and Hilary McBride, The Wisdom of Your Body. All fantastic books, and these conversations are really amazing. You're also encouraged to go to sparkmymuse.com and check out the links to my new Substack articles and audio and the Patreon site, which includes extras for people supporting at a dollar a month on up. I really appreciate your financial support, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, anything. It helps keep this program funded. Please share this program with somebody in your life. I'm wishing you a blessed Advent, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.